Warning, the following podcast may contain material that is inappropriate for listeners that are under the age of 18, are easily offended, or get annoyed listening to the rantings of holier-than-thou-know-it-alls that are anything but. What's up, and welcome to Anime World Order after a very, very long hiatus for us. This is episode 54. I am Gerald Rathgold, and with me as always... Daryl Surratt, who is probably responsible for the incredibly long delays we've been having. I'm sorry, I'm getting a new job, I'm moving. That's not acceptable. I, How dare you? I'm sorry, but the don't podcast you know there are internet on doesn't the internet? pay the bills. That's not the point. It, you, it's don't unacceptable. Don't you know there are people on the internet who want to listen to this? I think and there are a few. Clearly, they're more important than all of us. I guess that is true, but yeah, sooner or later, I'm going to be moving to an undisclosed bunker <laughs> that will only have wireless that I might have to steal to hide from retaliation from all the people he's shot with clown pistols. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Clarissa, you're here too, right? Yeah. Okay. Just, just making sure. On Anime World Order, we talk about anime and manga and, in this case, anime conventions. And if you're not sure what anime is, according to the Encyclopedia, it was slowly and carefully invented in 1603 by Oda Nobunaga and was designed as a means to stem the impending Mongol invasion of Japan. So, <laughs> there you are. We will be talking a lot about Nobunaga later on in this show. Maybe... Because of Daryl's situation, we're not sure if we're going to be putting out a weekly episode for maybe a couple of weeks, or if we're going to divide this episode up. I or think we should just do it all Ninja Consultant style and be like, show 54, part one. Well, <laughs> show 54, forget, part two. The thing is, you forget that they put out one episode a month. and well, so Actually, I think they're putting out episodes faster than we are at this rate. <laughs> Yeah, and another reason why we were so late was because Daryl and I had to work on panels for a local convention, which uh, we shall Whereas talk about. I was smart and didn't sign up for a panel that I didn't have time to do. See, this is why I get so pissed off at people that don't want to comp panelists for their conventions. Yeah. Man. Anyway, I haven't Flame. even gone over. I haven't gone over the basics. Check out the website at www.animeworldorder.com. Email us at animeworldorder at gmail.com and call our voicemail number at 206-666-4296, 206-666-4AWO. 150 unanswered emails <laughs> in the email box. I'm that sorry. might be a good opportunity to do an all-email show. That's uh, what we can do to kill time. <laughs> anyway, what are we going to be doing this episode, supposedly? <laughs> last week, or last week, last month, <laughs> and the last episode, I said I was going to review Sea Prince and the Fire Child, a.k.a. Sirius No Densets, but ADV Films has sent me a very important package. Let me read this letter. One moment. Oh, man. Can you read it in the voice of Monica Rial? All right, here we go. <laughs> no, he can't. I could have uh, done that if we hadn't fixed that problem. That's unfortunate. <laughs> you guys should have recorded while you had the chance. Hey, pal. Pal? I guess this was written by Detective Gumshoe, but it says, <laughs> I'm sending you this check disc of... 
well in advance of our normal screener mailer in the hopes you can provide a pre-publication review. It goes on sale June 19th, and it has a handwritten warning that it might be a little too contemporary for us. Somehow <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> it's the incredible, the amazing, the mind-blowing... 0091. Oh, man. By Shotaro Ishinomori, kinda. (laughs) (laughs) And on the subject of mind-blowing things, I'm going to be taking a look at the one-hour-long, one-shot OAV from 1992 based on one of Gonagai's first manga, Black Lion. Wow, so we got Shotaro Ishinomori, Gonagai, both of those are mind-blowing. I bet Clarissa has some blowing stuff, too. Yeah, you could say that. (laughs) I believe that does happen, in one sense. I also have something that, well, has some involvement by a, a pretty powerful person. Oh, since yes. uh, Katsuhito Akiyama is involved in this thing. Yes. It's a really important OEV in terms of boys' love. It's two episodes. It's called Aino Kusabi. And probably everybody who is interested in boys' love at all has seen this, but whatever, I'm going to tell you about it anyway, because it's awesome. And in the style of Katsuhito Akiyama, I bet in like... The last five minutes, it totally changes genre. Like so where they're out in space, and all of a sudden they have to go back in time to stop Hitler. Yes. I bet that's what happens, right? No. Ah, damn. Anyway, I guess we should get on with the rest of the show. Because they did give us press badges to J-Con, we thought that we would go over what we thought of J-Con 2007. Yeah, not just press badges, but the money to record this podcast on this hardware that we're recording yeah, really. it on. Yes, and so we'll be doing Full J-Con. disclosure for anyone wondering how <laughs> corrupt we are to the machine. All right. J-Con 2007. Happened. Okay, end of, end of report. <laughs> It was from May 4th to May 6th, so we're recording this on May 10th. And we'll release it in... Sometime in June, August 13th or so. (laughs) There are bets going as to whether this thing will come out or not. But (laughs) it was in the same hotel as it was in last year. The hotel changed its name. It used to be called the Sheraton World Resort, and I have no idea what it's called anymore. It's called like the International Plaza now, or something like that. The way this place is laid out is that it's basically a 1970s-style resort sort of hotel. Exactly. It's three separate buildings, and you have to walk outside to go from one building to the next. Which is real good when it rains. It never rains, ever. In May. Because it's in May, (laughs) all right? So it's perfect. Yes. Daryl, you were actually the first person that got to the convention, right? Yeah, I had to show up on Thursday (laughs) for two reasons. (laughs) Actually, it was really just one reason. (laughs) I had panels to do, or I had a panel to do. For those who haven't listened to the show for very long, I haven't mentioned this in a really long time, but at Anime Cons, I try and do Anime Hell type panels. If you don't know what Anime Hell is, there's a website, www.animehell.org. That's O-R-G, not com, because com is a porno site. (laughs) It's just panels of showing goofy, ridiculous clips and all that jazz. Kind of hard to do nowadays that watching goofy clips is now the national pastime of the country, thanks to YouTube, but... That was the panel that I had set up. It's called the Panel of Doom. Yeah, but people would still have to know how to find those clips on YouTube. That's what I'm relying on. Ignorance. And even if they knew what YouTube was, YouTube is so big that you can't possibly see every clip on there. I've got wiggle room. The trick with those sorts of panels is that you can show stuff on YouTube, but it can't be like the popular stuff. So anyway, I had bought a laptop solely for using it 
at panels at anime cons. <laughs> How lame is that? Well, Gerald, I technically am going to someday learn to use it for this anime podcast as well. So it's doubly lame. Since it's an audiovisual panel, I had to go in and make sure that I actually had all the necessary connections. At least that was my cover story for going there. I'll go into the real reason later. So I show up there and I make sure that, yes, I can hook up my laptop and that there is a projector and all that. Of course, people are there at the con already setting up and some people are there until like six in the morning or whatever. And did I mention that May 4th was when Spider-Man 3 opened? Everyone was like, hmm, do we go to the midnight showing of Spider-Man or do we keep on setting up for the con? I picked up my badge and I went back. Pretty uneventful, I'd say, except for my dark secret. So that was Thursday. Then I went over to Gerald's. Even though Gerald is like 45 minutes away from the hotel, most people we know, even though they live here in Orlando, they still get a room because they like to get rip-roaring drunk. Yeah. You can't drive back to your house. I mean, I understand it from that perspective, I guess, but I mean, it's just weird to buy a hotel in the same town that you live in. Orlando's a big city. Yeah. It is like an hour drive. Yeah, you don't have to worry about having to drive half an hour, an hour across town. Plus, well, you I mean, have to pay tolls. Well, I, it, no, but even with tolls, it would have been cheaper to stay at your own it's place. Not but it's not about cheaper, it's about more convenient. Well, convenience it's, it's, and time. That, that's what I'm saying. You guys bring up the, the monetary points, I'm bringing up, you know, the points of, you know, not driving drunk. Well, no, I'm just saying, even just driving in general, because Orlando's so big, for some people, it's better than not having to drive a half an hour or an hour every single day back and forth. And in our case, that kind of brought some chaos to the weekend since, hey, we can all just take one car. Right. And it's a matter of everyone has to decide when they want to leave at the same time. Everyone has to get yeah. together, et cetera, et cetera. If you have a hotel room, you just go back to the room whenever you feel like it. Mm-hmm. But that's the advantage. Anyway, Friday. Not much going on, but I had to be there for the first panel at noon on Friday. So I estimated exactly three people would show up to this panel. Oh, were you on that? I was. It was called Anime That Doesn't Suck. With Joey Snackpants. Wait, wait, wait. Joey Snackpants thinks there are anime that don't suck? I was surprised, but apparently there's one or two. Huh. Joey Snackpants, for those who don't know, we had him on as a guest when we did our J-Con report last year. He's the chair of J-Con. He runs the show. His real name is Ken Nabby, but when he goes to cons, he uses the name Joey Snackpants and says that Ken's got a restraining order. Is not allowed on the J-Con premises, so Joey Snackpants <laughs> it is. This was a panel mainly about the anime that he likes, and he ran this thing off of his Xbox, modded to play Xbox Media Center and all that, which is smart. Mm-hmm. Saves you the cost of getting a laptop. But he'd run this at FX Show, which is another con here in Florida. It's like a toy show, not really an anime con. Nobody showed up. That is because it was a 10 in the morning on a Saturday or something. So. But this was Friday at noon. Most people are at work, and also May 5th was UCF's graduation. So Clarissa wasn't there for most of Friday. Yeah. And mm-hmm. since most well, of... May 4th. But. Oh, I'm sorry, May 4th. So between UCF graduating, Spider-Man 3 opening, and the fact that it was at noon on a weekday, I figured nobody would be there. There was actually quite a bit of people who showed up, and I was really, huh. really surprised. I think a lot of people take the day off, and I learned myself that it's not even worth for me to go to work on those days usually. Right. Since, but anyway. It's just a lot of people can't get off. Yeah. Like, easily from their jobs. And some schools, people don't always take off or skip classes. Depends. So. so this was about two hours panel. And what I had to do was be on this panel while simultaneously fielding calls from my real estate agent and from <laughs> loan brokers. 
because I'm in the process of buying my home and all that stuff. So one minute I'm talking about giant robots and the phone rings and I have to run to the back and so on and so <laughs> forth. But according to Mr. Snackpants, there were three elements of anime that doesn't suck. One of them was... See, I barely remember what he was saying, but... <laughs> I, <laughs> Good leader. I'm relying on you to tell me how this panel went, Daryl. I know. On. I was on it, and I don't remember what happened, but let's see. I know was, Crusher Joe was shown. Yes, yes, Crusher Joe was shown. Bubblegum Crisis was shown. He had three main elements that defined anime that doesn't suck. First and foremost, quality writing. Second, animation that fits the mood. Anything where you cut to SD every other scene, not really in Joey Snackpants' approval list. <laughs> and the third was music, or the lack thereof, to enhance the scene. Stuff that he showed was generally older stuff. He had things like, of course, Gundam 0083, Macross, Do You Remember Love, Arcadia of My Youth. A lot of things we talked about on this podcast, actually. Crusher Joe was mentioned. One of these mm -hmm. days, we got to review Bubblegum Crisis. He had Legend of Galactic Heroes in there, but he didn't run it because he said even at FX show, it didn't go over very well. Boring Habsburgs in space not going over well? Yeah, I don't know. What a concept. <laughs> you should have shown the scene of the guy collecting his intestines back in. Yeah, that was one of the clips he had. Oh, really? The in collecting intestines Clip back in? It was called L-O-G-H-Intestines.avi. <laughs> totally not representative of that show as a whole. Not at all. It's like 10 seconds out of 100,000 hours. Yeah. You gotta drag people in. <laughs> it's like the Funimation trailers for Moonface. <laughs> Or the ADV ones for Utoare Rumano. Yeah. yeah. Underwater Ray Romano. I would say that was very much in keeping with the kind of stuff we've been talking about on this podcast. So his idea of anime that doesn't suck is very much the same as ours. The end. <laughs> I actually went to the Scanalation and fansubbing panel after that. I skipped out of work an hour early and my boss saw me. This is why I should just take Fridays off when these things happen. Did either of you guys go to anything between those two? No. Much of my weekend was spent with my laptop frantically trying to write articles for Otaku USA to make the <laughs> deadline. Just so we're clear, I did not make the deadline. <laughs> it was well worth it then. Indeed. Shame on you, Daryl. <laughs> I missed out on, like, Brett Weaver's panels. His plane got delayed, like his flight. Mm. So the first time he showed up and I saw him, he was eating, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to bother Brett, because... But then side. he was mad at you later. And then, like, by the end of the con, he's like, why the hell have you not spoken to me at all? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, Brett Weaver, I didn't want to hurt you. <laughs> but I did it anyway. <laughs> why? Why? Why do we always hurt the ones we love? Why, Banjo? Why? Banjo! 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 <laughs> Space Ghost was at the con, George Lowe. Yeah. yeah. He comes to the con every year. He lives in Clearwater. I thought he lived in Lakeland. Maybe it is Lakeland. I know that it's pretty close by. And so George Lowe can show up pretty much any Florida convention, and it's yeah, just a drive Yeah, he's always there, and he's always a good guest. Yeah, he's an excellent guest to have yeah. at any convention. You could just give him a microphone and a room. And, and he'll just start saying random things. Yes. And it'll be hilarious. Early film was a very hair-raising experience. I've taught him how to do my comedy thing, like we're on the radio building. Hey, five o'clock after the hour, it's 25 minutes before another episode of That's Not My Finger. Da-da-da-da! Comedy! Da, 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 da. Hey. for a mystery call.
Also at the convention was Ellen Muth, who is a very good example of a what-the-hell-is-this-guest-doing here guest. Yeah, she doesn't have any real anime relations. There's any no voice acting connections either. to it or anything, but she is on Dead Like Me, which is a popular show. And yeah. so Ken and the people who are on J-Con like her, so she mainly gets booked as a guest so they could meet her. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really it. I mean, she's done ADR work because, obviously, when you film a lot of live-action shows the audio you end up hearing on the TV is not the audio that was recorded that day. Right. So she's got experience as far as that goes, but... So does everybody then. (laughs) So does every actor. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of voice acting, yeah, she was kind of the oddball out. It's just one of those cases where basically all the larger Florida anime cons are at the point where the anime fans are going to show up regardless of the guest list, regardless of anything, the same however many people are going to show up no matter what. (laughs) And so the only way to really expand at this point, short of getting a super huge guest that would cause people to fly in from out of state or maybe Mm -hmm. out of the country. And may not even make them money. Right. If you just look at Otakon when they got Larkin Seal. Yeah. Is to get people who either unrelated or tangentially related. The guest of honor was Phil Lamar. And Phil Lamar is awesome. Yeah, I went to his panel on Friday. Yeah, and I went on Sunday. For those of you who don't know, Phil Lamar is a voice actor and a regular actor. He was in Pulp Fiction for yeah, about Yeah, he was five Marvin. Minutes. He got shot in the face by John yeah. Travolta in the back yeah. of the car. He was briefly in Spider-Man 2 in a non-speaking role. He's the UPS guy for Mad TV. Yes, yeah. he was in Mad TV for five years. Yep. He's and the voice of Green Lantern on the Justice League cartoon. And that's the reason why he got asked yep. to be here, yep. make no mistake. Yeah. But he was an Afro Samurai as well. Yeah, and he's he was done in... a lot of cartoon work. Like, he's... Hermes in, in Birdman. Uh, He's been in Hermes, Futurama. Mandy, Futurama. Futurama. Class of 3000. All he is the um, weatherman in Family Guy. The guy that just goes, It's raining! Yeah. That's him. So. <laughs> He's Phil Lamar t- has a lot of really good roles. He does. I yes. went to his panel, and it turns out that Phil Lamar is a huge nerd. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was really glad. He's a big comic book fan. Big comic superhero books, guy. video games, all that stuff. Yep. So He's finished recording audio for Metal Gear Solid 4. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's Vamp. Vamp by the he's, way. Yeah, and I don't think anybody knew that Vamp was in that. Until I he think said. it was publicly known, actually. Yeah. Because Kojima commented- was saying in interviews, like, oh, I'm in part four, we're finally going to find out what's the deal with Vamp. Hmm. So I don't think Phil's in any legal trouble. Yeah, somebody told me that some of the promotional images that have been released had Vamp in them. That's news to me. I actually haven't seen him in that, that but I have heard talk. Anyway, Phil Lamar is an excellent guest. I fell behind on the MGS4 news. Yeah, I deliberately don't follow it because I just (laughs) want to play the game. I'm not going to own a PS3 until a PS4 has been out for a year. Pretty much. But yeah, it's very impressive. Phil Lamar knew exactly what space sector Green Lantern is assigned to. Mm -hmm. And he had comic books in his backpack. And just, I have to say this for the world, Phil Lamar thinks Why the Last Man sucks too. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Vindication. Actually, he said Why the Last Man should have ended a really long time ago. But it's the same thing in my book. (laughs) Take that, rest of internet. Pretty much ask him about any subject, especially about Mad TV, because you can see that he was saying, you know, I was there for too long. The last sketches that he did were just weird things that made no sense. I mentioned the Scandalation and fan subbing panel. The one thing I learned from this is that people are not using Space Station Alpha anymore. Substation Alpha? Substation, Space Station Space Alpha Space Station is a, Alpha isn't even something from Robotech. <laughs> it was run by a woman wearing a fedora hat. We'll leave it at that. 
No, it's Lady Mercury. I know who she is. The one yeah. thing I learned was that now people use Agrisub. I think you mean Aegis-sub. Okay. I still was not there by this point on Friday, and I wouldn't get there for another few hours yet, so I missed all of this stuff, and I missed the budgeting for cosplay panel also that a friend of ours ran. Yeah, Gerald got dragged into that against his will, and then she was, like, wondering, why are you even here? You're not gonna ever cosplay. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. And then just proceeded to ignore me. Then there were three events going on. Cosplay Court, which all of us skipped out on. That was also run by the same person who did budgeting for cosplay, who happens to be my arch nemesis. It was basically cosplay skits with Phoenix Wright stuff. They'd argue back and forth with each other. Apparently the crowd liked it. I know nothing about it other than what was written about it. Billy West. Did any of us go to see Billy West at all? No, I went to I him didn't last year. Yeah, I saw him last year. Yeah. And I thought he was pretty good. I know yeah. Gerald is like, oh, they're just so awkward, the panel, but it was really good. The panel that I went to, he was very awkward. Yeah, you were talking about like something weird would come up regarding somebody's drug habit or someone got arrested for molesting little boys or. Well, or someone weird like that. I think I was there. That was for some awesome, of that. though. That was awesome. Well, like the, we learned that the dude who played Elmer Fudd was like a weird pedophile or something. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, the, what I'm talking about, awkward, by the way, is that the audience was just silent. Like these were obviously meant to be like humorous points, and the audience just. Oh, you mean just the audience? And oh. That's kind of uh, par for the course in a lot of panels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Phil Lamar was really good at it because. He was like, all right, depending on how many questions there are, I'm going to just take a really long time to answer questions to fill time. Because otherwise, the worst thing that can happen is if you just answer it quickly, and then no one has any questions left, and yeah. there's 45 minutes of panel remaining. Right. Anyway, we should probably move on. Yeah, so other than Billy West, there was one panel. Gerald and I had a bet going. We saw it on the schedule. The name, Sports Anime. Gerald and I had a bet going as to whether or not anyone would show up for it. Unfortunately, both of us bet that we would be the only ones showing up for it, so neither of us win the bet. Or Actually, both we, of us we both won, won the won bet. The bet so. I really wanted to go to this, but again, I wasn't there yet on this. You have your priorities completely mixed up, Clarissa. I don't know what's I know, what's graduating I know, and spending time with your loved ones, celebrating gosh. one of the most important milestones of your life. Versus yeah. going to the sports anime panel. I, I mean, know, God, we doing going yeah. to graduation for my shitty, useless degree. I mean, come on, really? It's not even a good degree. We show up to the sports anime panel. We are the only two people <laughs> at the panel. <laughs> it was being run by Tom, who listens to the show. Tom yeah. Pandich. I'm going to say your full name because that's your name on Blogger, I think, anyway. Uh -huh. Yeah, whatever. And he was like, oh, man, you're the only two people here. And he didn't recognize who we are. He, I guess he knew who I was, just because, like, one Indian guy goes to Florida anime cons. <laughs> he must be Daryl Surratt. Yeah, and he didn't know who Gerald was, though, there. until Gerald talked. He was just like, oh, well, there's only two people here, but only one guy here is cool. And I was like, yep, that's right. And Gerald's like, what, am I chopped? And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Gerald, you're not cool. Everyone knows this. It's just the way it is. Well, yeah. that's the that's the image I try to uh, maintain. Got to yeah. carry around apples and take bites out of the apple and spit the apple in Gerald's face because he's not cool. <laughs> Eventually, a couple of people did start showing up for the panel, which meant I didn't have to hijack his panel by repeating my same points about sports anime yeah. that I do on this show all the time. I only did it 45% of the panel. Well, both of us did it for quite a bit. I believe he told me he ran the most important clip from Prince of Tennis. So. Yes, he did. Yes. From the movie... The only way to defeat dinosaurs is... Yes. yes. That's the most important clip that you need to see. Yeah, maybe show. we can find a YouTube clip of it or something. It's, yeah. it's worth seeing. Did either of you guys go to opening ceremonies? No, no, none of us did. 
I, I don't know. Opening ceremonies to me is always traditionally, here's all the guests, they showed up. Right. That's it. That's it. So I yeah. usually opt not to go, depending on whether or not I needed food. <laughs> usually it's a good time to get food when opening ceremonies is going on. Yeah. So yeah, after opening after ceremonies, probably one of the biggest high-profile events, Wasabi Anime, a uh, task-based anime organization out here in Florida run by regional warlord Mr. Tom Kroom, Ken Nabby, I mean Joey Snackpants' partner in crime. It was the Wasabi Anime Musical. The, the last third and one. final one. The Last Crusade was its subtitle. For those of you who don't know what an anime musical is, basically you take songs, famous songs from movies or musicals or whatever, and then you do cosplay skits, sets of the song, in which you pretend to be singing the song. People like it a lot. Over a thousand people show up every year. I did actually get here for the anime musical, and it was actually the first one that I've ever really gone to. Yes, indeed. And the reason was, was because I made a deal with the devil. The reason I showed up Thursday was because I had to practice for being in the Animusical. See, back in October... Oh, your is gone, Daryl. Listen, you don't know what sacrifice is. <laughs> Fuck the world. I, I, l- listen, I've done such terrible things in the name of promoting this podcast. I've judged cosplay skits. I've judged a beauty pageant. Compared to that, the blood of the Lichtenlad family is but a few drops. Back around <laughs> September or October of last year, Tom Kroom came up to me and said, Hey, I'm writing the Wasabi Anime Musical 3. I've got a cameo line for you, and you're going to take it. It's two lines. I'm like, all right, I can do this. Do I have to show up to rehearse? Nah, just the day before the con. I'm like, all right, this is good. So that's what happened. That's why I was there Thursday. I just had to get my lines in, even though I knew what they were already. Kind of, maybe, sort of. So that was that. Anyway, a thousand people show up. Cosplay skits set to music. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know I don't particularly care for cosplay. And especially not cosplay skits. Right. The week of the con, I was informed that my panel had gotten moved from Saturday night to Friday, right after the Wasabi Musical. So I was like, man, fuck this. Somebody has to pay. Boy, you got a whole week to know your panel had moved, huh? Yeah, a whole week as opposed to less than 24 hours, like what happened to Gerald. So I decided someone was going to have to pay, and that someone had to be an abstract concept. And what's more abstract a concept than Naruto? (laughs) Naruto just symbolizes the anime fan community entirely. Everything there is about anime con culture, Naruto. So I decided Naruto was going to get fucking shot with a clown pistol. in front of a thousand people with the Wasabi Anime Musical. Unfortunately, or fortunately, when I went to the Clown Pistol Emporium, where they have crates upon crates of clown pistols for you to purchase, <laughs> they had a special sale going. Buy one, get two free. So, Joey Snackpants and Tom Croom had clown pistols with their names on them, and what happened was I went up, I said my one line, and then I Naruto was in firing range, so I fired my clown pistol and dove off the stage and ran out the door. I've covertly hidden myself behind a wall. I've infiltrated the Anime Musical. And someone's gonna get fucking shot. Alright. Then I ran back on stage, shot Joey and Tom. Oh, Mr. Snack Pants. Oh, yes. I didn't start with him on stage. Oh, fine, fine, fine. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2007 Wasabi and Music Hall. Then ran out again. Then ran back on again because you lost your badge. Yes, because in part of running out <laughs> off the stage and leaping off of the stage, my badge fell off and my portable recorder fell and I lost all that stuff. So I had to, like, after dramatically storming out of the door... So much for your amazing exit. ...sneak back in and be like, actually, I, I forgot. I, I just, just take this back. Loser. Thanks. Nice. Oh, uh, you wasted so, yeah. it. That happened. Loser. Yep. I, I'm a winner. Listen, the eight Anime <laughs> World Order logo, presumably, maybe flashed on screen yeah, for everyone did. to see. Okay, good. That's a sacrifice that I go through for you. <laughs> all right? <laughs> Put my name in the mud. It's loyalty to the cause above all else. This is fucking Revolver Ocelot. <laughs> The boss level dedication. That's something going for it because the only people that actually like our podcast is Ken Kinnabi. Yeah, that's right, Ken Nabby. He's the only one who likes it, and so everyone else there doesn't know us or hates us. Yeah, <laughs> so there we go. I will like to bring up that the one part of the anime musical that I enjoyed was the part that nobody else in the entire audience the got. The old school segment? Yeah. yeah. They yeah. The one they said with this, uh, Gotcha like, Man. And... Gotcha Man, it was Macross, some Transformers, and was set to the Snakes on a the Plane theme. Yeah. And nobody in the audience got it at all. No. No, it was dead silent except for like me laughing my ass off. That it's all was right. like it. But it was awesome, and I congratulated Tom afterwards for doing it. And he said, "Yeah, I'd really wanted to do it for a while, and it was the last year, so I figured even if nobody gets it, fuck it, it's the last time, and I'm going to do it anyway." And it was mm -hmm. really awesome. Roy Foker had a big old blood stain on the front and the back, of his which uniform. nobody got either. So yeah, yeah, no, it was really good. Ken the Eagle had a really fabulous girly hairdo and a really really tight anyway. costume too yeah the costumes were <laughs> accurate i don't know if that's a good thing or not i did like that one a lot I, I think the other one that i liked most next to that like the second one down is probably the sailor moon moulin rouge number if only because it had the best choreography that one's probably the one that the crowd generally seemed to like the most yeah, as well. Yeah, I think it really did have the best choreography, and like the people who were performing it seemed the most together in doing it Anyway, after I'm sorry. That. Look, I'm a theater dork, all right? I used to do musical theater. I like that stuff. And I'll I tell you who else probably things. used to do musical theater, but his panel was Saturday. Hitler. Oh, wait. Yes. <laughs> but, all right, Shut so. Up, Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> so, after the anime musical. Yeah, none of us went to anime stand up, right? That was just too terrifying an idea. No. No, I was, right. I was at I Phil Lamar, there, so. so. Okay, so yeah, after the Anna Musical concluded, my panel started shortly after. The problem is, is the reason my panel got moved, I originally wanted it to be counter-programming to the costume contest on Saturday night, mm -hmm. from 7 to 9. But this year, apparently, J-Con came under a lot of fire from parents regarding age appropriateness at certain times, and they had to put Halo 2 in a separate room from all the other video games, because Halo 2 is rated N. Mm -hmm. And so, my panel, I don't have it in me to keep things family-friendly, no. so it had to go on after 9 o'clock. To be frank, though, your panel does not require carding. It doesn't so. require carding, no. It's not 18+, plus, but no. at the same time, right. there's usually a lot of unnecessary violence. Well, the other thing, too, is that this year, the costume competition was actually starting at 6, so it was even earlier. 
right than usual. Uh, the Saturday so, yeah. one. Yeah, it was six to eight instead of seven to nine, like right. it usually is. So in the interest of that, because the room was being used for other things after nine, I believe, can't remember what, karaoke or something for all I know, but they set me opposite the Yaoi PJ party, which wasn't really a Yaoi PJ party this year yeah, anymore. Yeah, it can't again, be. Due to parental complaints and underage kids sneaking in, I, I have no idea how they're able to do that. Underage people snuck in. And then bragged about it. Over. Yeah. God, I already complained about this when I posted about this. Right, you're talking LJ. about underage people on like, message boards. Well, and I talked about it with the party too, and it's like, look, I don't really care that much if underage people look at this stuff, but shut the fuck up about it. Don't go flap your big fat mouth, because all that's gonna happen is you're gonna get other people in trouble, and you're gonna fuck it up for everybody else. Which, which is, is what exactly happened what here. Happened. Yep. Yeah. Some underage pissants snuck into the over-18 segment of the Aoi event, and then they couldn't keep their mouths shut about it, and people found out. So now there's no more 18 and up Yaoi event at JCon anymore. It's only the under-18, and now all they do is not even show boys love anymore. It's now just, let's show a bunch of random shows that happen to have pretty boys in them. Right, like and Code Geass, which someday I'm going to watch all of. Congratulations, whoever you are who snuck in last time, and then bragged you've now fucked it up for everyone including yourselves good, good job, job guys yeah yeah nice yeah, my, I'm, my, I'm my event was the only one that had age restrictions on it and... those are all saturday night my panel anyone could show up it went over quite well i was actually rather concerned because generally speaking at jcon the pj party is one extremely popular event and when i heard that i was being moved into main events I'd actually asked for the room that the Yaoi PJ party was going to be held in. It's a smaller room, mm -hmm. but I figured last year I was in the main events auditorium, and while there were people there, I didn't pack a thousand people in that room. I could have fit in a smaller room. Mm -hmm. So I'd asked for the smaller room, and they said, no, the PJ party's using it, you're going in main events. And I said, well, wait a second, way more people like that than like me. Why don't they go in main events? And the answer is because they decorated the room, and it takes quite a bit of time to decorate that with all the stuff that they've so got. So they wouldn't have had time after they the wouldn't have had time after disassembling the animusical right. set and all that to decorate that entire auditorium properly. And it was kind of and the same why. situation in this year in that you had probably more people than you had last year. But I did have more people than I had last year. Yeah, it was still crowded. I, was, I wouldn't right. say it was crowded, but I mean, it was, you know, you had well, like I mean, a not people crowded, there. but there were a lot of people. I would say it was maybe a third. Right. A very decent amount of people showed up. I have no complaints about the turnout. No, I'm going to post the listing of all the clips I ran at animehell.org. I've also got a MP3 recording of it. My battery on my recorder died with about 10 or 15 minutes left. And that's unfortunate because the last 10 or 15 minutes I showed Godzilla vs. Mito Komon, yeah. which a lot of people really liked because I guess even though that's kind of old news to the brilliant. AWA crew, <laughs> nobody's seen it in Florida apparently. Yeah, no. nope. So that's all Anime Hell is all about is taking stolen material and bringing it over <laughs> to other places. So it went over very well. Video of the most important part of the panel. And yes, there's already, already on video YouTube. on YouTube of the yep. most important part that's going on at JCon, and we will put that in the show notes. Yes. And so that was Friday. I ended up around 1 a.m. because... Well, why don't you talk I about the most important part? All right, sure. We can do that. Or is it supposed to be a surprise? I think it should be a surprise. Okay, it can be a surprise. It lacks context, but yeah. sure. Yeah. 
Who needs contact? The only thing I regret about having my panel on so late is that I was unable to go to the Wasabi Anime Musical cast after party, and I was unable to go to the private VIP sort of Death Oktoberfest party yeah. that they have at J-Con, because it overlapped with the time I was doing my panel. I stepped into that. Well, we could have gone, but Gerald misinformed us that the party had ended, when in fact it had simply moved. It was, it was moved. moved to another room, Yeah, and we didn't know about this. Neither did I. I yeah. It was just not there anymore. However am I going to network with, like, Billy West and all these people and be like, hey, AnimeWorldOrder.com check it out. If I don't go to these after-event parties, I'm gonna have to step up. But yeah, that was our Friday night. Yeah, I had to leave a little bit earlier, not much earlier, just because I had to go home and finish up work on two of my panels, which I kind of found out later was almost unnecessary. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. Saturday was weird. I mean, the way J-Con seemed to turn out this year was just there was a lot going on Friday and a lot going on Sunday, but Saturday had a decent amount of gaps in the schedule. Did you see that as weird. well? Yeah, for example, the convention itself Can't only started at... the more crowded day? Yeah, Saturday is usually when everyone is yeah. there. Yeah, the convention only started at 11 on Saturday. There was an hour of time blocked off before that, but nothing was scheduled for it. Yeah, the thing is that the schedule, you couldn't trust it because things got canceled and moved without really anybody being told. We found out about that firsthand on Saturday, let me right. tell you. Yeah. Right now. So but, let's go through what we actually went through. and then. Okay, we'll obviously the World of Warcraft panel. No, and I'm just kidding. We didn't go to that. We showed up around noonish, and I was talking about musical theater majors earlier on. I said you had a panel Saturday. Gerald suggested Hitler. That was close, but not quite. In our AFO report, we talked about a <laughs> panel called Anime You Love to Hate and oh. how weak it was. And I saw it on the schedule again, and I was like, oh, man, is it the same guy hosting it? Was it AFO? Yeah. And then I saw that guy was there at the con, and I was like, oh, great. I saw it is hosted by that same guy. I saw 10 guy. minutes of this. I couldn't take more than 10 minutes. Clarissa, you saw much more of this. So. Uh, not how was it compared to the last time? It was pretty much the same thing. It was Ouch. pretty abysmal. Okay, we should yeah. talk about why this is such I, a horrible thing. No, we did it at AFO. We don't need to talk about I it again. I contemplated staying for his extreme fanfic panel afterwards, because it was the same What is dude. extreme fanfic? It was too horrifying for me to take... What's the premise of extreme fanfic? Apparently, extreme fanfic consists of this dude who thinks he's really funny, pulling random people up, and they act out, I guess, random improv skits as different characters. I guess it's like a whose line is it anyway kind of thing. That sounds horrible. I don't know what makes that extreme fanfic. But... I don't know either. That guy is just really delusional because he thinks he's really funny. And edgy. He thinks he's edgy. And that's the yeah. thing, and he's not edgy. And he's, he's, none, of, he's none of the above. Yeah. He's, he's just awful. I wish they would stop giving him panels. But yeah, the Transformers panel, it happens at J-Con and AFO every year. It's, again, Tom Croom and sometimes Joey Snackpants. Mm -hmm. They like Transformers a lot. They talk about it. And they really are skeptical about the Michael Bay movie. But they seem to rein it in a lot for the panel compared to how they are on LiveJournal. Yeah. yeah, their response to it, I mean, these guys are super-duper hardcore Transformers guys, the type of that would email us when we get Transformers. Transformers things wrong. Their response to the movie was basically, it'll be an entertaining movie, it won't be a Transformers movie. So. Yeah, and I can understand that. that. I'd have no objection to that no. idea either. I was kind of interested in the cosplay life drawing panel, but I didn't have any art supplies with me. And also it overlapped the first part of the Transformers panel. Oh, I thought so you were going to say it overlapped extreme fanfic so you can <laughs> no, go. No. Well, it did, but it also overlapped the Transformers panel. But didn't we also go to get food at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. I think we did. So, yeah, it didn't really work out. But it sounded like a kind of a neat idea. And as for a neat idea, after that was the Kitsune Myths panel. 
Right. It was just called Kitsune Myths, and it sounded because we were all just talking about Macadamia not too long ago, and Antonia Levy's article on the wolf people or the werewolf sort of thing in anime. And Kitsune are kind of, These if you foxes. don't know, fox spirits. Yeah. yeah. Generally speaking, the Japanese believe that foxes have mystical abilities. They can shapeshift and do various magical things. One classic example is Pompoko. There's mm-hmm. a kitsune in that who transforms into a guy who looks very suspiciously like Yotsuya from Maze on Ikoku. Everything that Rumiko Takashi has done, I think, ever... Has yes. had a kitsune. Urusei Yatsura has a character named Kitsune. Mm-hmm. He's a little fox. He has magical abilities. Yurusai, uh, that was long after Oshi left the show, though, so yeah. most people don't know about Inuyasha that Inuyasha has one as well. Inuyasha, of course. Yeah. And the thing is that... Is there one in Ronald? There must be. <laughs> Somewhere in those 200 episodes, there must be. <laughs> but yeah, we thought this was going to be a really interesting idea because it's, yeah. it's an, a strange subject that you wouldn't normally see a panel about, and we figured if we don't go to this, no one's going to go to it. And we support these kind of eclectic panels. Yeah, these weird sort of topics that you wouldn't hear people talk about anywhere mm-hmm. else, even on the internet. So we all went to this. What a disappointment. But it turns out that it was actually, I mean, it started off like it could have been pretty interesting. They were talking about some general things related to what Kitsune are, yeah. and some of the myths. And I guess eventually they decided it was sort of going to be extreme fanfic 2.0, because what they had was the myths that they would just read to the crowd, but they'd pull people from the audience and have them reenact what they'd say right then and there on the spot. So you'd get like either an Inuyasha cosplayer or a guy in rave outfit gear, so he'd have ears and a tail, and they'd say, okay, you're the Kitsune, and then they'd act out the thing, and that ended up being pretty much the entire panel. It was kind you know? of eh, but I mean, I think it was still okay because you still got to hear the You still got myths. to hear the story. Right. Which yeah, is why I stuck I, around I, for it. I just don't like the execution of the panel. I thought it's a good idea, and I'd like to hear more about the myths rather than, you know, turn it into, you know, skits. That didn't well, work for me. Afterwards, they had a panel. <laughs> they were going to be Gerald's panel. Yeah, let me... Anime in Hollywood. Tell us all about it. Well, let's see. Daryl and I have been running back and forth with this panel about, well, it's just called Anime in Hollywood, and it's just the parallels between how Hollywood has influenced anime, and it goes into more than that. I actually had to submit this panel very late in the game. Like, I basically met Jason Sudeke. Jason Sudeke runs all of the panels at JCon. Likes to drink at 10 in the morning. He's that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. That's like all of the Jayco staff, anyway. <laughs> and I just met him in a store, and he said, you know, submit some panels now. And Daryl and I had been going over this panel. We thought, well, let's kind of beta this panel at Jaycon to see if it's something that we think is worthwhile. It's a panel that's got a lot of video in it. Basically, the idea is that we say, this is a very famous Hollywood movie, and you can see that it had a great influence on this anime, and here's a scene from it to show you how great an influence it was. Unfortunately, they put me in the workshop room. And Which does not have... AV. There's no projector, there's no sound system. None of it. I actually found this out on Friday, and I told Jason about this, and I will totally give them credit for this, because Jason tried everything that he could think of at the time to fix my problem. I mean, he was running around, I was up against this panel called Anime Fake Dub, and if those guys didn't show up, I was going to get that room, everything. But it, Fake dubbing is another word for parody dubbing, yeah. I guess, but these guys, maybe they came up with their own word because they weren't aware of other parody dubs, or maybe they just decided we're going to call ourselves fake dubs for another reason. 
I don't yeah. know. I didn't go to it. Yeah. Anyway, it turned out that the only option at that time was to move me to Sunday morning at 11. The thing is that if you move a panel, that effectively kills it. If you move it by, you know, just a few hours, that can hurt it pretty badly. If you move it by a whole day, especially on Sunday morning. That's... Especially when the only <laughs> schedule people have are the one with the old schedule on it. There's no updated schedule. Yeah, people would basically have... have to be at the convention and just wander by the room accidentally. Although, to their credit, I am very glad that the program guide didn't even have the schedule in it at all. They printed it out yes. on a grid on a separate sheet of paper, which is really good because no matter how hard you try, that schedule is going to change at the very last minute. Mm -hmm. So it was good that they printed up these because you can print these up on a much shorter notice right. and you can print up the booklet. Yeah, so basically my panel was moved to Sunday and I guess we'll talk about it when we get to Sunday. Yeah, Sunday at 11, which happened to be when everyone has to check out of their hotel. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of annoyed, but I will give them credit. Jason did try everything. And I don't expect a con to go perfectly. Every con has screw-ups, so... But you did have another panel that same night. Yeah. Clarissa, you actually went to a panel before my panel. You went yeah, to the Yoy Press panel. So yeah. let's talk about Yoy that. Yoy Press had a panel right before that. And basically, Yamila Abraham came in and she basically talked about the company, what they publish, and their submission policies for if you want to submit work as a writer and or an artist, you can submit as both or one individually. She also talked a little bit about just kind of what they have to offer and what they have upcoming. They had actually done a rush job to their printer to premiere their brand new art book, Yaoi Gothic, at the convention, which I picked up because I think I had actually pre-ordered it, but I think that pre-order got messed up somehow or something. So I actually picked up that and another book also that was from Zell, aka Laura Carboni, who's an artist I really like a lot. They did make sort of an announcement that their next art book after Yaoi Gothic is going to be, I believe the title is going to be Reflections, and it's a collection of work by Kosin, who's one of the studios that they have working for them. Yaoi Press is not necessarily OEL, because they actually have stuff from all over the world, but they do graphic novels done by people from countries other than Japan. It's stuff that we don't usually talk about on the podcast. Yeah, I think the main yeah. time we talked about them was when there was that Walmart thing, and they were <laughs> yeah. stalking something that they published called, I believe, Yaoi Hentai or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. an ongoing And people just flipped out that, why is this being sold at Walmart? That's yeah. probably what they're most famous for, at yeah. least on this show. Yeah. She couldn't make the official announcement there because basically, as a, an American comic publishing outfit, they do a lot of their announcements exclusive through like ICV2. And they're basically saying that a lot of those things, if you don't give them the exclusive announcement, like if you let it go somewhere else first, they get angry and yeah and you really problems. don't want to get the one comic book right. distributor <laughs> so they, angry at you couldn't make the official announcement but they've said that they do license some books i mean they don't license from japan but they have licensed books from italy and some other countries and they've said that they've licensed a really prominent german yaoi title but they couldn't announce specifically which one yet but that announcement will happen so keep an eye out for it if you're interested. Hino's Block Party, that's the name of it. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> that would be uh. amazing. After the Yaoi Press panel was... Was immediately... Yeah, was immediately the hentai panel, and that's typically what I run. Generally how it works is that this is the last panel in that room, and it's usually late at night, and I can pretty much go on until they shut me down. And, and of course, since it's a hentai panel, 
18 and over only. 18 and over only. you got to empty out that entire room first yes. and then card people at the door. And so that process takes about half an hour, 45 minutes. Traditionally, they put a setup block yes. before that yeah. because they know that it'll take a while yeah, you need to set that. up and get everybody seated and such. I actually have a photograph of the hallway, and I thought I was going to have a massive audience. I actually had the smallest audience I've ever played to, by the way, for this one. But, it wasn't uh, a big room, though, so it was pretty full. Yeah. The room was pretty much full, I would say, as well. But the kicker was that we were running this panel, and it was my panel, and Daryl and Clarissa were up there with me. Yeah, we would very much, before we continue, we would like to thank yes. the Ninja Consultant Podcast. Oh, Aaron. <laughs> from the bottom of our hearts. Aaron, without your video, we wouldn't have been able to show graphic, gruesome pornography that we showed there. Absolutely not. It was so all you. When you think of <laughs> smut of the highest caliber oh. and the filthiest stuff imaginable, think of Aaron you guys from the Ninja Consultant Podcast oh, it, for sending it to us. Because we played it on loop nonstop for about 30 minutes while everybody was being seated. We yeah, if it weren't for you, Aaron. brains before the panel even started. Yeah. If they weren't broken before <laughs> it started, they were broke by the end. Ugh. Thank yeah. you, Aaron. Thank you so much. You but guys are mean. <laughs> the killer to this is that I was doing this panel and I was showing my stuff. Well, that's not wrong in a hentai panel, but... <laughs> <laughs> Put so away, the... Gerald. One of the staff comes up to me and says, Hey, by the way, you got to get out of here in 10 minutes. And I was just doing the panel for about 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. And not very long. Not very long And at it's all. like, wait a second, there's nothing else on the schedule. We pulled out the schedule, we showed it to him. Yeah. And he said, nope, the Death Note panel is now after the hentai panel, and it's going to be at 10 o'clock. I'm sorry, but that is a stupid fucking idea, J-Con. Sorry. That is, you do not put something after the hentai panel, and if you do, you gotta tell me about it. Don't just launch this on me suddenly. I was actually pissed off then. It should be noted that on the schedule, the Death Note panel is scheduled for before, earlier in the day. Yes. But, again, they needed, they needed an audio-video room, yeah, and they, they were, were scheduled in, in the workshop. workshop as well. Same as Gerald. Yeah, so. so, Gerald got moved to Sunday morning. They got moved to later that night after the hentai panel. Yeah. And so, we were pretty much stuck because there was already a line of people waiting for the Death Note panel to start. Yeah. And so, we were like, all right. I, personally, had only one objective for the hentai panel. There was one thing I wanted to show and one thing only. <laughs> yeah, we had two options, You're and the, only person. one of them was unique. So. Right, because one of them was going to be, I had to give something away, and it's going to get given away eventually yeah. somewhere. And we were going to do the same thing that we did Friday for giving away DVD box sets, courtesy of ADV Films, only this time it was going to be slightly hentai-related. We didn't uh, have time uh, for that. Yeah, we didn't have time for that because we had to wrap things up in 10 minutes. We said, okay, give us 15, because that's how long we needed for the clip. Yeah. So we played Final Flesh. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Which, Final Flesh I have now is... seen this thing twice. Because of you people, Final, and I hate you both. <laughs> Final Flesh is technically a porn movie. Technically. It is a porn movie. Basically, the guys that created Wonder Chosen. Yes, found, Vernon Chapman, John Lee. People yeah, know that what Wonder Chosen is. They better fucking yeah. know what Wonder Chosen is. Wonder Chosen, is. yeah. It's an it's a animated show kind of done. It's not animated, but it's a most, fake children's yeah, show. Yeah, fake children's show on MTV2. And they found this website that will make any legal porn that you want, as long as you write the script and you've got a couple of grand. So they wrote or, them a script. Yes. 
This, this sent them the money with the script, and a little while later, they got back this movie, and that's what we showed. And it's probably oh technically God. not supposed to exist or be in the hands of anyone other than them, but we got it somehow, and we're not going to disclose how we got it. In the end, it doesn't even matter how we got it. Oh, let's just put it that way. Yeah. Let's just say that about a third of the room cleared out. Yeah. After being shown the hentai panel yeah, of like the why do you Ziga shit and like. Don't don't give away everything. I might have to reuse some of that. Well, but why do you Zika? Yes, none of the same people go to these panels more than (laughs) once in a row. I imagine people on the internet who know what 4chan is, which is to say everybody who listens to this podcast has googled the name Why Do You Zika because we told them not to do it. Yep. And regretted it. So we had, like, some of the most well, they already depraved knew who he was, stuff. If they're on 4chan. <laughs> and yet, Final Flesh broke them. Yeah. Yes. They couldn't Rightfully take it. They got up and so. left the room. <laughs> we had requested Final by Flesh friends. Final Flesh is a different kind of disturbing than that's right. stuff like White Uziga. Well, it hits you under the belt. It's post-apocalyptic. What, I mean, it's it after is. the it's... atomic bomb was dropped. And I had a dream. I think my favorite part is when she says that her dream was to kill the president. To kill the president, to use his blood to oil the machine of capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody laughed at that line except for us. How did people not laugh at that line? Maybe they didn't hear it over the sound of us laughing. Or over the Lincoln Park sound. I I think that they're still absorbing the concept of a girl giving birth to a cantaloupe and two eggs. And a steak. And a steak. And a steak that she tried to breastfeed. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this thing is becoming clearer to you as we describe it. But yeah. anyway, the fact is that we cannot post this, and the only way to see it is... Is to be at this panel, yeah. or to know somebody who's got it. Yeah, we shouldn't I'm sorry. I have to say, Gerald, I'm a little ticked, because you ran something that I was contemplating running <laughs> at the next Yaoi panel that I do. Yeah, well, you're going to do it anyway, because <laughs> history has shown that the overlap between the people who go to the J-Con hentai panel and the AFO one is not as great as one would think. Yeah. Actually, the history would show that people who go to any panel I do twice is very, very small. The ultimate implication of this, though, was that we would have to be back Sunday morning, and there was another event that was going on late at night. Basically, last year, J-Con had started up an idea of doing a sort of host club. Mm-hmm. In addition to the Yowie PJ party, the following night they'd have a host club in which people who really, really were desperate for badges would go in in their host club outfits and entertain people. This year... They did the same thing, only they threw in gambling. Casino gambling. And but, bunnies. Yes, and bunny girls. <laughs> all of whom are people we know. Yes. <laughs> uh, how does that work? I don't know how it works. Maybe we just hang around with a vicious circle. I think it's kind of funny that you guys circle. hate cosplayers and all that stuff so much. And you hate fandom so much, yet you know all these people. Yeah, it goes with the territory, mm. I'm afraid. Yeah. Very curious. Yeah, so... Anyway, we had to... Fortunately, just in denial. I don't think we're in denial at all. Love it all, you just won't admit it. You have to teeter close to the edge of the abyss without falling into the <laughs> abyss. Otherwise, there's no sport in it. So yeah, this thing ran for a really long time, but it was set in a slightly smallish patio area, and, shock of shocks, for the first time ever, it rained that weekend. And boy, did it rain. We'll get to that on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And so they weren't able to use nearly as much space as they would have liked. Of course, both times, by the time we get to there, the food's already gone. Oh, yeah. The f- stuff. So we went there, and we decided, ah, eh, whatever, screw it. We have to go to IHOP now and eat chocolate chip pancakes mm-hmm. and say goodbye to people Which we did after time. people went back to their hotel room to change out of their bunny girl outfits. <laughs> yeah. They, everyone's like, sorry, we can't go into the International House of Pancakes dressed up like hard gay. gay or a bunny girl. Or a bunny girl. Which is totally <laughs> ruining it. I mean, that's half I the know. fun. I know. What else is IHOP for? I'm saying. 
Well, I tell you what, Gerald, we'll dress you up like hard gay and then we'll drag you to IHOP. Absolutely. Not like a bunny girl? Only if Daryl will dress up as a bunny girl. Yeah. I don't dress up like a bunny girl. Needs to be the bunny girl. Then you got to be the other hard gay. I can dress up like Jonathan Ross. <laughs> well, he was dressed up as hard gay, so there we no, go. No, no, Jonathan there Ross is a one-time so I, thing. Uh, That's a transitive Jonathan Ross. <laughs> That's not Jonathan Ross's typical outfits. I think you need to dress up like Patrick Macias, Daryl. Yeah, I can dress up like, like Patrick Macias. And... Wait a second. We should have Patrick on soon now that his book is we out. We should. Yes, we should. Amazon is shipping that book to me. I, yes, I should I'm get it, it next too. week, I think. I'm really excited. But yeah, so we ended up eating at IHOP and getting out of there at like 1 in the morning. Remember, it's an hour trip to Gerald's place, an hour trip to the con, we and his panel is moved to Sunday at 11 in the morning. <laughs> so I got about four hours of sleep that night. And amazingly, we actually got there in time. So. Yeah. How did the panel go after being pushed back, shifted rooms, all that jazz? How was Anime in Hollywood Sunday at 11 while everybody's checking out of their hotel? Well, I was extremely surprised to see more than just the two of you in the audience. There were maybe about, what, 10 people in all? And I didn't expect that many For people. Sunday frankly. at 11 a.m., that's actually pretty good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the thing about Sunday is Sunday is actually a good time to have panels, provided it's... Not before noon, yeah. because you've got a lot of people who are just still at the con that want stuff to do. Yes. And a lot of times Sunday is kind of light, but this J-Con, there was a lot of things to do on Sunday. Yeah. So generally speaking, Sunday is a good time to have a panel, just not Sunday at 10 or 11 in the morning. Largely because all the people who have to check out are checking out around then. Yep. The panel itself, I thought, went pretty well. I honestly think it's a salvageable panel. Needs some work. Needs a lot of work. What surprised me actually didn't surprise me. It blew my fucking mind. I was trying to show the influences of Star Wars because Lensman the anime is the most Star Wars-like anime that's ever been done. I decided to show that. And there were people in the audience who had never seen Star Wars. Yeah, I know people... in the audience had never seen Blade Runner or the first Terminator movie because we're old now. Uh, right. I mean, I knew like people back old in now, and the people high school younger than who'd us. never seen Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Even back then, that was 10 years ago, and they'd never seen Star Wars. Yeah. My uncle, who was in his 40s or almost his 50s, had never seen Star Wars before the re-release. But that was actually surprising that you went to an anime convention and you were at an anime convention and had never seen Star Wars. That was actually kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, I think maybe if it was like normal teenagers, I wouldn't be that surprised. But this is kind of a geeky event, so. Yeah. I think Terminator was the one that really surprised me. And Mad Max, that people hadn't seen Mad Max either. I can understand never seeing Mad Max and even Terminator 1, since Terminator 2 is kind of the one that yeah. most people remember I the most. I guess it's just that those movies were so popular and like so influential. I think even I, when I was a kid, I saw Terminator 2 before I saw the first Terminator. Yeah. And yeah. actually, before I did this panel, I'd never seen the second Mad Max. Uh, by the way, I paired Which up... Which one, Thunderdome? Uh, no, that was the third was one. Third, yeah. right. Which one I, I used Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, because oh, that Road was the Warrior. movie that was the most influential for uh, Fist of the North Star. So I think you could have chosen a better Fist of the North Star clip, though. I think yeah, you we were just trust for time. Yeah, yeah. We were cutting that clip just before the panel. So. Yeah, we woke up that morning, and I was like, all right, here's a clip that at least has a dude with a crossbow and some thugs. They weren't <laughs> the mohawk thugs, though. Yeah. There was one mohawk thug, not enough. That morning as well, I was cutting clips for The Matrix, because suddenly I just didn't have it for some reasons. And that was what the entire panel was built around. Yeah, I think that with some tweaking, I might be able to fix it. What do you think, Daryl? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I didn't help out with the panel, because I was busy enough as it was. 
I had been telling myself, oh, I better start doing work on my panel from like the 1st of April. Mm -hmm. And then the week of the con, I'm like, all right, I better start doing my panel. Yeah, same thing here. It it was kind of rough for me because I was working on two panels. Doing one panel very well is hard enough. And doing two panels when you're pressed for time is pretty rough. And so neither of the panels were what I wanted them to be. But apparently with a hentai panel, the expectations are pretty low. Yeah, Um, I think as long as there are tits, mostly. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Tits or get the fuck out. (laughs) I'm sorry, Alexander Strange, to disappoint you. I used a catchphrase. It demeans us when we use these catchphrases (laughs) and we should stop doing it. I might try it again. We'll talk about it, I guess. But... Other than that, that was when it started to rain incredibly violently later that day. Yeah. As in, like, tornado warning, we had to get away from yes, the windows. Yes, they moved us away from the windows because there was a funnel in the area. And, yeah. by the way, there had not been any rain in Florida for, like, two months. Yeah. So. Well, we went to a convention. Fortunate so. luck. And we were planning to go see Spider-Man 3, but, of course, all the IMAX showings were sold out. We were thinking of that because the IMAX theater is right next to the con hotel. So that was a wash, but I went to a good bit of the voice actor roundtable. This is just on Sunday. They get all the guests up on stage, and they just kind of kibitz. Basically, it's it's all the guests, and then George Lowe stands up, takes the mic, and... Steals yeah. the- uh, poor Ellen Muth didn't really say a word no. during the entire thing, and then she had to leave to catch her flight. Aww. So I was like, hmm, that kind of sums it up. <laughs> and I, I don't know. To be honest, I, I didn't go to Ellen Muth's panels and can't really comment yeah, on how I they were. Yeah, I didn't get to go to her. I don't think we know anybody who did, unfortunately. So if you were at JCon and you went to one of her panels, then tell Do us. Do let us know how they turned yeah. out. Brett Weaver had an amazing Bruce McCullough-like monologue yes. during... The voice actor roundtable, and I hope to God that I was able to successfully record it. If I did, I'm going to put it in here right now, and then I'm going to email Brett Weaver and say, hey, I got a recording of it here, because I know he definitely wants somebody with video of it. It was the eternal question that is always asked at every voice acting panel, at every anime convention, everywhere in the world. It is the question that everybody hates to hear, but one fucking idiot always asks it. And Brett Weaver has had to answer this question for the last, like, 11 years. And he put together a monologue for this, and it is a brilliant monologue. And I hope that everyone in the world can hear this so they stop asking this fucking question. Yeah, I was just wondering, how does someone go about becoming a voice actor? Okay, uh, can I hear this right? Can I say this right? Okay, here's, I'm going to tell you how to become a voice actor, all right? Start acting at 12 years old at a church, most likely, and, uh, and, and maybe do some public work and special effects. Then join the band while you're at it and learn a little bit about music and such. And then when your parents divorce, go ahead and, and uh, join the theater because that's just one more credit that you can do and get out of the way. Realize that you're actually pretty good at it and uh, continue doing plays until you get to college. Make sure, by the way, you go to Houston Community College. That's very, very important. You're not part of Yes, I am. Then go to the University of Houston. Later on, chase a girl to uh, the Boston University while you're, while you're at it in Nacogdoches, Texas. Work at, uh, work at a gas station. That's always good. And when you work the overnight shift, make sure that uh, there's a, a radio station nearby and that the overnight DJ comes in all the time. When she decides to quit the job, say, hey, can I go in and try out the job? Get the job. Work <laughs> there two years making $15 a night sleeping in the studio. Uh, after that time, get fired, move to uh, Houston, have your girlfriend leave. 
That's very important. Always <laughs> a preschool teacher for two years. That's always good. And then get involved in public radio. All the while doing little parts, you know, in shows and stuff like that. Uh, eventually almost go bankrupt and, and get into children's theater. That's very, very important. Okay? <laughs> Do a gay play, that's always good. And uh, later on, our friend who's also doing anime showed you a show you make fun of, she sends you on to an audition. Get the audition. That's very important also. <laughs> then, over 11 years, work with a company that starts with three people, ends up being a very, very large company, and then maybe you two can make, oh, I don't know, about $2,000 a year doing voice acting. That's You realize that AFO, now that we've been conscripted to possibly do these interviews with the American voice actors, we might be forced into asking that question. Or we might just look at the crowd and say, see this question? I'm not answering yes. it. I'm going to tear the card up and throw it in someone's face. I don't know. Admittedly, if you've never ever been to a con before and you've never been to these panels before, it is a good question to ask. And I can understand why there's at least one guy asking it. You're always surprised whenever I do a head count of people on the panel. It's like, okay, show of hands, how many people have never been to my panel before? How many people, is this their very first convention? There's always a lot. I can't hate on it too much, but at the same time, I'm not going to not condone this action. Yes. So that's a triple negative there by saying I do condone it, <laughs> if I did that right. But yeah, the final thing that we kind of really went to as far as events was the Tokusatsu panel. It was also hosted by Lady Mercury, who did the Scamlations and fan subbing panel on yes. Friday. And she had all manners of tokusatsu toys and gadgets and, and video clips. One word of advice for Lady Mercury and for everybody else on the internet. VLC player sucks. Yes. Don't use it. Just because it's it open source doesn't mean it's better at all. No, in fact, oh. it sucks. Right. Contrary to what other wrong podcasts who praise the positive effects of negative publicity and getting themselves new listeners will say, no, open source software is not necessarily the best software. Right. VLC player, that thing froze up on her so many times during that thing. And maybe it was because she was playing a lot of the files off of an external hard drive enclosure. But I prefer to blame the media player. Well, the thing is, I've used that VLC player and it sucks. I thought that this panel was really good. I really like that they actually did a panel like this. I think that the opinions of some of the guests were insane because I think Bo Kenger is a horrible, it's horrible not that show. Good. Yeah. Uh, I and I think that the uh, Power Rangers Mystic Force is an awful show. Yeah, they liked Maji Rangers, yes. which most of the internet does not, yeah. but they did. I think those two shows are terrible, but they like them. But I think it's not generally worth your time. <laughs> most people will agree. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to see like a, a magic-based Sentai show. It's not something you usually... Yeah, I mean, they really liked, which one was it, Kamen Rider Hibiki, which I had infinite hope for because it's about Kamen Rider wailing on a guitar to fight the monsters, and it's got the crazy guy from Versus, the Yakuza dude with the butterfly knife. Yeah, that sounds but when awesome. I watched it, it was kind of boring. Aww. I don't know, though. They had very, very strong things to say about it. Maybe someday I'll give it another shot. I really want to watch Garo now. Garo's a cool show. Yeah. I recommend that one. And it's short. So That's two things going for it. So the Tokusatsu panel went very well. I'd like to see that happen a little more I would like often. to see maybe a little bit more organization. It kind of turned into a, well, let me just see what I have on my hard drive and let me play it. I understand that. I mean, I guess anime fans aren't too annoyed by that at all. But if there's any improvement that can be made to it, it's to that. I can agree with that. If you want to be a total tokusatsu nerd, there was no Ultraman shown. That's true. So there's that. Yeah. But however, there were the Kamen Rider hyper battles shown 
which makes up for everything. Unfortunately, a lot of the good clips we didn't see because VLC VLC player player sucks. So, yeah. Slightly little bit more organization. Don't use VLC player. Yeah. Those are our suggestions for the Tokusatsu panel. That was the con. I didn't stick around for closing ceremonies. Neither did most of the guests because the rain was just horrifying. Mm-hmm. And they would have had to go across all that rain to get to the building in which closing ceremonies would be held. Mm-hmm. But I did notice that their website did one thing that I wish all cons would do. They put up a feedback form after the con was over in case you didn't make closing ceremonies and you wanted to give feedback. You can go to their website, fill out the form. Excellent idea. Yeah. Good idea. The only difference, the only down back, down back, downside is that you don't get a response right then and there. And that's one thing about the closing is that mm-hmm. you can say it and then they can immediately say, oh, we were aware of that or, oh, we'll do this to fix it or whatever. Yeah. In my opinion, I thought that last year was better. I also thought last year was a little yeah. bit better. I'm not going to say that it was a bad comp. No, I enjoyed it, me neither. If I ever... No, I'm not going to do that. If I, I was about to say, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10... No, we don't do no, that don't on this podcast. Either, it was not as good as last year, but it wasn't a bad call. Right. Yeah. And part of that was just things like the rain. Yeah, the rain sucked, and then there was a few too many open spaces, but I don't know, maybe they just didn't have many panel submissions. Yeah, because some people requested their panels be on a certain day, like yeah. the parents' guide to anime for their kids. He could only be there with his daughter on... Sunday. Right. Traditionally, a panel like that would be Friday at the beginning of the yeah, con. Right at the first thing. So maybe there were people who couldn't make Saturday during yeah. the early goings of the day because maybe they had to do something in the middle of the mm-hmm. day. Remember, again, we even had some friends. They had graduations on Saturday to go to mm-hmm. instead of Friday. Right. So there was that. It was just a very busy weekend between Spider-Man 3 graduations yeah. and Cinco de Mayo. Yes. The end of April and the beginning of May is a rough time around here because a lot of schools are ending their semester. and it's- Yeah. On top of that, there was a new hotel staff this year who, from what I heard, they seemed less than enthusiastic yeah. about having these crazy anime people at their hotel. Yeah. I don't know what if the con is going to be back there yeah. next year or not. I hope so because there's not really very many other hotels left right. in Orlando yeah. of the requisite size. Also, the only other hotels could either be a hotel that is already has an anime con just a few months later. Which is bad yes. because you got two anime cons in the exact Feels same like hotel. Same thing. Or it would have yeah. to be a Disney hotel and then the tickets would have to be $80 a year instead of $40. And that, I don't want to go there. Other stuff, dealer's room. Yeah, I was just about to say, I don't know that this is really like J-Con's fault, but the dealer's room was kind of disappointing this year. Yeah, I didn't buy a single thing. But, I bought a uh, lot of stuff. Yeah, you bought enough to compensate for me not but buying anything. But I bought anything. different things than usual. Like, the stuff that I would usually buy, which is character goods and doujinshi and stuff like that, they barely had any of. The doujinshi, there was not a good selection, and almost all of it was way overpriced. The character goods also. I was trying to buy a cell phone strap. It took me forever to find one that was worth buying. They didn't have a lot of them, period. I finally found a Nana one that was good enough to buy but mostly i bought manga Mm because they always have walden books there and there's usually a bunch of other vendors there and they'll usually have at least 20 percent off on manga if not better deals so i bought a bunch of things somebody actually had later volumes of eroika which nobody ever carries i got those right somebody else actually had satsuma gishiden volumes one and two for gerald to pick up i didn't get them because they only had one copy each I was finally um, able to see that these were not manga that Daryl printed up in his room. Since I did get I've the first volume of Kurosagi. And, yeah, no um, one had volume three of Kurosagi Corpse Delivery Service. Nobody 
had volume one uh, or any other volume of mail. Yeah, I looked yeah. for that, but I didn't see that either. As ashamed as I am to admit it, I bought a bunch of those full-color master editions of Fist of the North Star. <laughs> they were on clearance. It was like 5 for $20. Yeah. I was kind of mad, though, because I went back on Sunday the next day, and they were like 5 for 12 Oh. I could have gotten them so much cheaper. Wait, are you sure no one would have swooped in and snatched it out of your hands because it's <laughs> so North, in demand? Yeah, Fist of the North Star. There's so many people trying to buy that, you know. <laughs> I basically was kind of in the same boat. I mean, I just bought a little bit of manga, and there was a dealer there that had some gashapons that I'd been looking for for a while, and he was oh, desperate to get, get rid of these. There's a gashapon set that came out a little while ago in Japan called the AIC Girl Set, and this is a set of old-school characters like Ixer One, Catty from Gal Force. Of course, no one is interested in this because no one knows what Ixer One is. He was just desperate to get rid of these, and so I obliged him and got rid of them. Yeah, I thought about buying this Tachikoma model kit, but I dawdled over it too long. When I came back, all of them were gone. Yeah, there were like seven there. I was amazed that all of those went. Yeah, they all disappeared. And then I thought also about buying this Gao Gaigar kit, but I decided not to because I'm dumb. I did buy one doujin. I bought it from a guy that I shop from a lot down here, and they had it at Megacon. I couldn't decide whether I wanted to buy it then, because I was like, well, I don't know the circle, but it's a really rare thing. And they still had it when they went to JCon, so I finally broke down and bought it. I guess we can't really comment on the dealer's room in terms of this is the con's fault or anything, because well, they basically just have to take who was going to yeah, appear there. Yeah, I mean, there. they signed the same vendors, it's just one of those vendors happened to bring... Yeah, I went around and pretty much every vendor had the same thing, and I understand that. I mean, they have to sell stuff, so every vendor is going to carry the Naruto headbands and the same figures, and I understand that. Everybody's got the Death Note goods, everybody's got the Kingdom Hearts jewelry and everything. Yeah, Yeah, not a lot of variety, but I guess at a smaller con, you can't really have a lot of niche things because there aren't just enough niche people there to buy it. Yeah, even, I mean, I would say J-Con is a mid-sized con at this point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I do want to emphasize again that I was really glad that the JCon staff did seem to do everything that they could to fix yeah. my panel's problem. They're a good staff. Yeah. And we know several of them personally, and they've always been cool. They work hard. and Yeah, they work the tech hard guys were good at helping make sure that my panel is ready to go. Yeah. Setting everything. Yeah, up that's the and most terrifying that. thing in the world about putting together a panel. Is that putting together an audio video panel is when you're hooking things up and you can't get your TV out working and yeah. you can't get the sound oh, God. up. Yes, that's the worst thing in the world, especially when people are already sitting down waiting for things oh. to start up. Yep. Yeah, I actually started my panel slightly early because people were already there and ready to go, even though the schedule said 10:30. Yeah, this is probably the first convention that I've been to that neither of us had any technical difficulties at all. At least I didn't. Did you, Daryl? No, I didn't. Because I had the laptop that I bought, I know exactly how to set this up, and I know that these clips will play on this machine. And this time where you were able to show those Kamen Rider Kabuto clips in color. In color, yes. (laughs) What a shocking (laughs) development. But it was because we used the S-Video output since they had S-Video, but if they didn't, I was prepared for that. I bought a special cable that I knew worked. <sighs> so there's that. Gerald's cable and like the previous adapters that I've tried, still, even on this laptop, would output in black and white. So there's something about Here. those adapters that you get in the store or that come with your Dell laptop or come with your whatever laptop that don't carry the color signal. Mm. 
Strange. So be warned on that. I bought a dedicated cable that was no adapters necessary, S-Video on one side, composite on the other, just in case. But I didn't need it because they were able to just take a straight S-Video connection. Anyway, I guess we've talked about this convention that virtually none of our listeners have gone to. Well, that's too bad because I guess this is long enough to be its own weekly thing that we put out for something. So we'll probably just hit stop here and you can pretend that that was one segment, even though... It's one hour and 15 minutes long.